Aloha and welcome to Coffee with Conversation for Well-Being. I am your host, Empowerment Coach Geraldine St. Joseph. Today's topic is the art of negotiation. When we think of negotiation, we generally will think about business or purchasing something, but actually we use negotiation every day and we use it in all aspects of our lives. We may not recognize that that's what we're doing, but that is what we're doing. So when we talk about negotiation, what are we talking about specifically? A negotiation is a conversation in which two or more people try to cooperate or uh, compromise in some way. The best negotiations will have a win-win solution. But not all negotiations can have a win-win. Some have a win-lose. What does that mean? Well, a win-win is kind of like, all right, if we want to go to the movies and you want to see that rom-com and I want to see Deadpool, and instead we go see something that is both a little bit of comedy, but also action and adventure, that's a win-win. If we go and then we decide that, no, it's got to be one or the other, then somebody's losing and somebody's winning. That's the easiest way to look at it. Negotiation involves so many different things. There are so many different skills that we have to bring to the forefront in order for our negotiations to truly have power and for us to truly be able to negotiate well. When you go into a negotiation, you want to have an idea of what your high and what your low is. So what is it that you're asking for? And that is, what is it that is the, the best for you? What is the highest, your pie in the sky, your Pollyanna, as they say? And what is the least that you will accept? For instance, when we're in a relationship, take parents, for example, parents with children, and you see there's a, a chance for negotiation versus being just the, the parent who's like, because I said so, that's why. A negotiation can also be a learning situation for both parties. So not only do you learn something about the situation itself, but you also learn about yourself and you can learn about the other person. Going into a negotiation requires communication. And communication has two parts. We often think of communication as us speaking. That's one part, but the other part is active listening. That means really listening to what the other person has to say, looking for cues about what their needs are, what their high and low is, and what problem are we solving right now, or can we solve? Active listening means not trying to formulate your answer, while the other person is still talking. And a lot of us find this very difficult because we often don't like any lags in the conversation or we, we're afraid that any lag in the conversation is gonna be filled by someone else. There may be someone in the group who's a real yakaron who just talks constantly and will fill up that empty space and not allow anybody time. How do you then not think about your response in that kind of a situation where you have someone who's just going to talk all over everybody. The best way to do that 
is number one, really focus on the person. Eye contact is important. And then when it's your turn to respond, you take a deep breath. Sometimes you want to make it a little noisy. Well, I think, and draw it out. Well, have you considered maybe this? And presenting things in such a way that it's not an affront to the other person, but more of a negotiation, which is a back and forth. It's not a negotiation if you're forcing your will on someone else. That's not a negotiation. And you're not going to walk away from that with both parties feeling like something was accomplished. <coughs> Even in a win-lose scenario, both parties can still be happy because maybe what you did was give something for the next time you have to negotiate or allow for the other person to maybe change their mind. Or maybe you changed your mind because they gave up a good point. They helped you see their point of view and why they feel that this is the best way to go. So clear speech is very important when we're talking about negotiation. Clear speech means saying what you mean and mean what you say. Let me say that again. Clear speech is saying what you mean and meaning what you say. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Yet how many times are you talking to somebody and they, it just sounds like gibberish because you can't make heads or tails of what they actually want? Because maybe they're trying to fish from you what you want or trying to figure out what everybody else in the group wants. There's an easy way to find out what everybody else wants. That's by asking and then listening for the answer. But when we go into negotiation and we clearly put our goals on the table, this is what I'm looking for. This is the best. This is what I'm looking for. If you're negotiating for a car, you would say something like, I want your absolute best price. I don't want to stand here for five hours and go back and forth with you and nickel and dime. What is your absolute best price that you can give me? That works sometimes. Most of the times it doesn't because I, as the salesperson, it's not in my best interest to automatically go to the lowest price because then I lose my pay. But if you do that, then they know that you are going to be very cut and dry and they're going to have to find at what point you feel satisfied with the deal, whatever that is. When we're talking about doing this with a loved one, it's right before dinner. Your six-year-old wants a cookie, but it's right before dinner. Cookies are dessert. How do you talk to them about it? Mom, I want this cookie. Baby, you can have it after we eat. But mom, it's not gonna be fresh anymore after we eat. Well, but I don't want you to ruin your, your appetite. It's not going to ruin my appetite. And then you go back and forth and back and forth. And maybe what you agree on is that, all right, it's at 45 minutes before dinner. You can have one cookie before dinner, but you have to eat your whole meal. You have to eat all your vegetables or whatever the deal is. And if you don't eat all your vegetables, then tomorrow you get no dessert. 
that is a win-win situation because what harm does one small cookie do if they're going to eat the nutritious meal? Really doesn't do a whole lot of harm. So it's, it's negotiating, going back and forth, and each party understanding where the other one's coming from. I mean, it's pretty easy to understand why a kid would want a cookie, but for the child to understand your point as to why you don't want to give them the cookie, why is it you're teaching them? It's a teaching moment. Negotiation begins with knowing your goal, knowing the least you're going to accept, and sometimes you don't know that when you're going in. Sometimes you work that out as you're talking. So it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about uh, purchasing a home or getting married, you better know what, what your lowest bar is. But when you're taught when you're negotiating like movies or bedtimes or things like that, you as you go along, maybe you could figure out what you feel comfortable with. The key, though, is to know yourself. And once you start feeling uncomfortable with something, then you have to push back against it because that is probably not for your highest good or is not going to work for you in the long term. Agreeing to things that we really don't agree with or believe in leads to a lot of resentment. It leads to a lot of misunderstanding and it stops us from having the kind of relationships that we really want to have with our loved ones. So be very aware of that. Being good at negotiating is a part of leadership. Now, do you have to be a leader to be a good negotiator? No, you do not. However, the best leaders are excellent at negotiation because of everything that goes into it. And that's a leader of the family, a leader of a friendship group, a leader of a civic group, a leader of a business. The art of negotiation requires that we have emotional intelligence, not just about ourselves, but also about others, that we can read the room, so to speak. Part of what we need to do also, besides figuring out who's feeling what, because if you start negotiating and somebody feels overwhelmed by you, that's not a good negotiation. That's more of a bullying thing. And that person, the next chance they get to one up you, they're going to do that or to undermine you, they're going to do that. So you don't want that kind of a negotiation either. You're not going to be seen as a pushover, but you also don't want to be seen as a bully because that's not helpful either. Managing expectations is a part of this also. So when you go into it, and I, and I keep using like buying something because it's the easiest thing to do, but let's use a relationship one. So managing expectations. You work in a business where you have to deal with people of the opposite sex all the time, and you have to be very um, friendly. Not necessarily hanging all over everybody, but maybe, you know, your coworkers and you, maybe you do hug. Maybe it is a, a space where you do get close to one another. Maybe it's a space where, um, you know, you're working someplace. Uh, I had a, a cousin who used to work at this bingo and the old ladies used to pinch him for good luck. It was like really weird. But this is something that when he started that job, this is the way it was. 
wouldn't be allowed today. Obviously, it was a while ago, but this is the way it was. So when he got a girlfriend, his girlfriend had to understand that this was something that was going to happen and that he was not going to do anything about it because that's how he got paid. Whenever those women won, they would give him a, a very nice tip. So having some kind of a, a job or something where you have to be around people of the opposite sex and be friendly and outgoing with them, well, any type of sales would, would fall under that, that purview. Your partner needs to be confident enough and trusting enough of you to be okay with that. So the negotiation may be, okay, that's fine that they do that. I don't want to find lipstick on your collar. I don't want to, I don't want to see lipstick on your face. Okay, that's a good negotiation. That's a fine compromise. Now, managing your expectations means that you know what is, what can't change. And you see the bit that can be negotiated and you only negotiate in there. So if his girlfriend had said, well, I don't want you working that job anymore. Fine, I won't pay for any dinners or anything. Oh no, you still have to pay for dinner. Well, I need to work. Well, I don't want you working that job. That's an unreasonable expectation. I don't want you speaking to anyone of the opposite sex. Unreasonable expectation. No matter how you cut it or who you're dealing with, that is an unreasonable expectation. So managing your expectations as to what is possible, if you're going to purchase a house and the purchase price is $1.5 million, you're not going to offer them $100,000 and get the house. That's an unreasonable expectation. Maybe if you offer them one, two, five, maybe you'll get it because it's 1.5. So things like that, where you have to see where the negotiation is possible, where in um within those boundaries of whatever it is that you're talking about where is it that you can fall another thing when you're negotiation when you're negotiating have patience in sales there's an old adage that he who speaks first loses why is that because the person who, who usually speaks first, who blurts out after you put your price on the table, they're usually the one who's either uncomfortable with it or they're, they're showing their cards a lot more. Once you've made your presentation, you leave it there and you let the person consider and then come back to you. So you need to have patience to be able to do that. You need to have confidence in what you're doing and you need to have patience. And be able to read the room, but don't read the room to the place where you're putting things on the other person. Don't assume that you know, not what they're feeling necessarily, but why they're feeling it. So someone may be feeling nervous and your assumption is because you would feel nervous for these reasons, that those are the reasons why that person is feeling nervous. Instead of listening to what they have to say and letting them express to you why they're feeling nervous. And you can bring it out in a person by saying, you don't seem really happy with that. How would you like to go about doing this? Or, or what were you hoping for? You know, and, and just move it in that direction. Adaptability is huge. You need to be able to roll with the punches, as they say. 
And in order to do that, you, you need to have a, a good idea of what you're dealing with again. Things like when you're, when you're giving a pitch to somebody or you're talking to somebody, you know, say, I don't know, you want to bring your relationship to the next level. Your partner's not ready yet. What can you do to bridge that gap? Maybe they feel like you haven't been together long enough. You've only been together two months. They don't want to move in together. Okay, then you need to find out, well, what are their parameters to get to where you want to go? And then maybe you negotiate that down. So maybe their parameters are, well, they have to be seeing somebody at least two years before they, they would move in together. And you're like, well, two years is a long time. Like I have this opportunity now where I'm at the end of my lease and I do want to move and I would prefer to move with you. Well, two months, two years, that's too big of a gap. Well, let's say, how about if one year from the end of my lease, so that'll be the, the end of the next year's lease, we then move in together. If we're still together and we know that we're compatible, let's, let's move in together then. It's, it'll be a year and two months. It's, I think that's long enough. What do you think? They may be willing to negotiate with that. You're meeting in the middle. Being able to adapt so that um, you still get something out of it and they still get something out of it. For instance, if you get asked to a concert and you really don't like the band, and you say, you know, I really don't like them, but I know you don't want to go alone. Do you know that our friend so-and-so really loves that band? I bet they would love to go with you. Then you're helping somebody else out and they'll remember you the next time something comes up. You're easy to work with. You're not just putting them down and setting them aside. You're trying to give them something to make them happy, something that will work for them and whoever the other people involved are. So that's where adaptability comes in. It's being able to, to turn things around and use what is in front of you. And if you see that there's no way to get where you want to be, do you know somebody else or another situation that would be helpful, something different that where that would help? Part of it also is um, it is about persuasion. Let's not forget that we don't want to bully. So persuasion, when I talk about persuasion, we're talking about, again, communication, being clear. This is what I'm looking for and this is why. So with the, the idea of moving in together, I, I'm looking for a new apartment. I don't want to stay where I am. And I would really like to get an apartment with you. This is what I want. I want to live with you. This is why I'm talking about it now. Here is the compromise that I'm willing to do. So working in that way also helps you. I'm going to go back to listening. Because I think that's something that in our society, especially, we're so busy trying to figure out like what we think and what we want to say that we don't really listen. We don't know how to ask questions in such a way that it helps pull the other person forward. It helps get the information that you need 
in order to move forward in a way that's positive for both of you. When you're asking questions or making statements, it's often good to present things in question form so that as you're moving forward with the conversation and you're learning things, the other person is feeling comfortable also, and they may feel comfortable asking you questions too. So number one, do not get offended by questions. Doesn't matter whether they're meant to be offensive or not. Do not get offended. Because if you take things and, and see them as non-personal, like not as personal attacks, then you can really get into it and look at the meat of it and really be able to answer questions and really be able to negotiate where you're on even ground. Don't assume because, you know, your boyfriend expected that after you started having kids, you may want to stay home. Don't take that as an offensive thing. Why would you think that? Well, because one of us should stay home and raise the kids. We're having children after all. Maybe he's thinking, well, because he knows how much you love being around kids. Wouldn't you like to stay home? Things like that. It doesn't have to be a negative. So instead of immediately knee-jerk reaction becoming defensive to things, sit with it and hear what's being said instead of putting it, putting your own tone on it. Okay. Be open to the discussion. If you go into negotiation and you're like, nah, 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 then you're being a bully, number one. Number two, you're probably not going to get anything accomplished unless you roll over the person. We all know how that ends up in the end is you, you end up without loyalty and nobody actually wins in those situations, truly. But also, if you're more open to the conversation by you staying open, even if they are looking for an argument or they're feeling rammy at that moment for whatever reason or, or something that you said triggered them. If you stay open and you decide that you are not going to take a defensive stance with anything, that you're going to allow them to express themselves, it allows you to learn about each other. And when you can't have a fight with only one person. If you're not punching back and you just step back, and that doesn't mean that you, you step back and you let somebody beat on you. It's, it's more about not giving your energy into it. So it's like Jesus said about turning the other cheek. He wasn't talking about turning the other cheek so he could smack you. He was talking about, you know, you, you lift yourself up and above. You get away from the situation. You turn the other cheek. You're like, yo, you're not going to go back and do the same thing. You're like, I'm above that. I'm not, I'm not going there. So that's where that comes from. When we are trying to be persuasive, it's more about confidence, our self-confidence. It's more about being confident in whatever it is that you're presenting, being confident in whatever it is that, um, whatever your reasoning is, and knowing that you did your homework on that, that you understand fully. And even if you don't, knowing that you can discuss this out without um, losing yourself in the conversation. So part of that, yes, is about assertiveness. It's about being able and being um, 
being able to take the chance to open yourself up to things. So when you're explaining what you want, when you have confidence in what you're explaining, people tend to listen more because they, they want to know what are you talking about and where can this go and can, can we be in partnership here? That's what negotiation is about. It's about coming together. It's not about being, getting over on somebody. It's about coming together and doing things together. Whether it's a group or it's two people or however you want to look at it, you want it to be a win-win situation as often as possible. And very, very few things happen in a vacuum. What does that mean? That means that very few times are you going to be dealing with a person or dealing with a thing one time in your life and that's it. I don't know about you, but even, and things are changing with buying cars, but when I bought my first car, I must have gone back six or seven times and talked to the guy and went back and forth and negotiated price and negotiated what I wanted. And, we, you know, we really sussed out what it was that I needed versus what he wanted to sell me, which was like $10,000 more than what I wanted to spend. So, but we came to a, an understanding between the two of us and we came to a happy medium. Uh, he made me go somewhere else to buy the car because <laughs> I got a really low price, but you know, it was, it was good because he got a customer for life who's, I recommended people to him. We, he gave this other salesperson like their first sale, which is a big deal in the industry. And I got the price that I wanted for the car and I got the car that I wanted. So it worked out all around, even though he didn't get to sell the car to me, it still worked out for everybody. It was a very positive thing. When we talk about that rapport between you and whoever you're trying to deal with is important. What is rapport? Rapport is finding places where we meet, finding things where we can come together. So good rapport comes from having the same level of integrity. Um, good rapport comes from understanding each other. It could be from having a similar background or similar viewpoints, but finding that rapport and getting into that space where you can talk back and forth, you feel comfortable about talking back and forth. You feel comfortable with one another. Very important, especially when you're making a major decision or you're doing something that's going to majorly affect you or affect your life. If there's no rapport there, if you feel your integrity levels are not the same or that what you're going for is not the same, that may be a place that you need to walk out of. Big, big thing you need to be able to do when you go into a negotiation is know when to walk out. You need to be able to and be willing to drop it and just leave. Let's talk about relationships. You want to get married. They don't want to get married. You give your points as to why you think it's important to be married. They give their points as to why they think it's important not to be married, why it's better not to have that legal binding. How do you find an in-between? And how much pressure are either of you going to accept from the other side? 
knowing that you are willing to walk out because a compromise cannot be found or there's no like you're dating because you're looking for marriage you said that up front now you've been dating for a year this person is still no closer to it probably never going to be any closer to it and then as you talk you find that they really have a disdain for marriage maybe they were divorced previously maybe they just don't like the idea of it they don't want to be tied down at what point is your need for that type of security greater than your need to be with that specific person so knowing that will help you move forward knowing when to drop the ball knowing when to walk away you are also a much much more powerful negotiator if you are clearly willing to walk away that willingness to leave things on the table and either walk away for now until you both can sort things out and then come back to the table or just to walk away from it all together when i negotiated for my car i was like you know what i don't need to buy from you i don't need to buy this particular car it's unnecessary and if you keep pushing me i'm just gonna leave because I'm not paying that price and just be very sure of where your bottom line is and be willing to stick to that. That is part of the harder part because a lot of people don't have the confidence in themselves that they need to negotiate well. Another thing with negotiation is that a big part of negotiation is problem solving. What problem are we solving? What are we trying to do? You're trying to sell a house. I'm trying to buy one in a relationship. I'm trying to further the relationship. Maybe you're trying to get out of it in a friendship. Um, you always get everything that you want. Maybe it's time for me to start getting some things that I want different things like that. Like, where do we stand? What is the hierarchy? What needs to happen and being able to make a decision. So going into negotiation with an I don't know kind of an attitude is not a negotiation. That's somebody else telling you what to do. And when it's always like, I don't know, I guess so, that's not helpful. That is not part of negotiating. That is either being a mat that people are going to walk on, or it's a manipulation to try and get somebody else to, you know, wrap themselves around whatever it is that you want. So it's something that, that you need to be very cognizant of as that happens. When you're negotiating, there will be trade-offs. So what, what do you mean by a trade-off? So uh, like we were talking before, maybe the thing with the movie, there's only these two movies playing. I want to see this one. You want to see this one. Well, what would the trade-off be? The trade-off would be, all right, well, tonight we're going to watch this, but in two nights we're going to watch this. All right, well, this time you get to choose, but maybe next time I get to choose. Or maybe the trade-off is, that's fine, we'll go see that movie, but you are not getting popcorn. You know, <laughs> whatever it is, just know what your trade-offs can be and how to negotiate in that way so that you're bringing in other things. It doesn't have to be only about that specific thing that you're talking about, you can bring in other things that can change the arrangement that make it a fuller arrangement and that also make it more um, palatable for both of you. So 
the whole idea of being in a relationship and being um okay uh being in a relationship and needing to negotiate things part of negotiation is about avoiding future conflicts and that's why i say when you're negotiating you need to know your high and your low you need to know what you're willing to deal with and what feels comfortable because if in the end it doesn't feel comfortable it's not going to stick it's not going to last you're going to grow resentment and that's going to add to conflicts later on instead of um making sure there are no conflicts you want to be clean about things you want you want to create an environment of success or where everybody feels like they're being taken care of and they're being heard you would not believe what a huge difference it makes when someone just feels heard when they know that you listened and you not only listened but you took in what they said and you understand it and you're responding to it you don't have to say, yes, well, then we're, we're going to do that. All you have to do is listen so that they know that that was taken into consideration. Maybe that wasn't the most major thing in the world, but to that person, the act of being heard builds rapport and it adds to the integrity of the negotiation. Negotiations in business. Now, this is not just with selling things, but when you're going for a job, one of the reasons I know I'm probably going to get slammed for this, but one of the reasons why women make less than men is because women are not told, taught how to negotiate properly. Women are taught oftentimes that we give in whatever you want, dear, you know, and I know there are some men like that and yada, yada, yada. But in the business world, women who are strong and powerful often have a negative connotation to it because it's like we're needing to find where that fits every job i've had just about every job i've had i'm not going to say everyone because i'm old but the majority of jobs that i've had i've walked in making more than my male counterparts or within a short period of time i will surpass them and i mean i've worked in construction industry i managed movie theaters i sold cars i did a lot of different things that were more male dominated but the reason why i would come in and negotiate i wouldn't just walk in and be like okay whatever you want to pay me that's not the way it works if you go in and you're like look i want to make fifty thousand dollars a year and they're like well you know we only pay thirty thousand you have to be willing to walk away that's too big of a say well how can you get closer to where i need to be like, let's talk with my background and everything. I bring a lot to the company. I'm going to bring in a lot of money. I'm going to save you a lot of money. So of all that money that I'm bringing in and I'm saving you, I need to get part of that. So can we have maybe a bonus structure? Maybe you're giving me more paid time off. Maybe I have more flexibility with my hours. You know, know what it is you're working with and how you can negotiate and always be ready to walk away especially when you're negotiating for a, a job offer, because if you're not willing to walk away, there's no reason for them to even consider anything that you're asking for. And if they're willing to pay you under what you're worth, believe me, there's tons of people who are willing to pay you less than what you're worth. 
knowing your value is very important and knowing your values is very important. And that also happens with all kinds of negotiation. So you don't want to make a negotiation where your values or your integrity is being threatened. At that point, you have to be willing to walk away. You need to know where your backbone is and how to stay strong and how to move forward. So the art of negotiation, where do we use it? We use it in every part of our lives. What do we need in order to negotiate properly and to have good negotiation? You're looking for a win-win scenario whenever you can or a win-lose scenario where the next time you come together, there can be a trade-off. You're looking for someone who communicates well. You wanna be a good communicator. You wanna be clear when you speak. You wanna make sure that you are understood, but you also wanna listen actively and know that you understand the other person by making sure that you understand the other person. Don't assume that you understand. If you need to say it back to them in a different way or the way that you understand, then do that. Make sure that there's understanding back and forth communication. You need to know what you want, like the best of all worlds, what's gonna happen up here. And you need to know the least you're willing to deal with. Be willing to walk away. Be willing to walk away and then come back also. Be willing to negotiate in a broader sense than what you began with to bring in other things to make it more palatable for you or them you want to build rapport you need to have a good sense of self be self-confident be assertive and speaking what you want don't make the other person guess what it is that you're going for you need to let them know and also you want to have managed expectations. You wanna have expectations that can be met. You can't go into a place with no, you know, you have absolutely no experience in something and ask them for a million dollars a year. That's not gonna happen. So know what you should expect. Know what your parameters are. Always speak to your integrity, stick to your values. That is the most important thing because when you don't do that, that's when you end up resentful, sick, angry, and all just not feeling great about yourself or about things. Negotiation in all parts of our lives is extremely important. Do your best, know what it is you want, learn how to speak to people properly and how to create that rapport. Learn how to have that emotional intelligence so that you know how you're feeling, so that when you're feeling uncomfortable, you know you need to back away. Know how to fill those spaces so that you can think about your answer, whether that's gotta be with a deep breath or statements like, well, I was thinking, well, might you consider and don't let people run over you. I hope this was helpful and I wish you the best of all negotiations. 
This is Empowerment Go Coach, Gerilyn St. Joseph. Check out my website, Relationship Coach G as in girl, S as in Saint, J as in Joseph.com. Relationship Coach GSJ.com. Take my breakthrough seminar and then contact me if you would like to work with me. Mahalo for your time.